Are you ready? Go. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to MMA Uncaged on the Ginger's Perspective. Find us on csduplicy.co.za as well as cliffcentral.com. Check us out on the show's page. Find the podcast and let us know what you think on social media, of course, on Twitter and on Facebook. Let us know what you think. But this weekend that's passed has been a real treat for fight fans and something that will be in the memory for a very, very long time. Conor McGregor rewrote the history books at 205. DeMart Penner at EFC 55 showed that he is all business, extending his unbeaten record to 12-0. So lots to talk about on today's podcast. But first, Conor McGregor beating Eddie Alvarez at Madison Square Garden, the first ever UFC event in the Big Apple at the famous venue. This is what he had to say to Joe Rogan in a rather entertaining post-fight interview. This is a huge accomplishment tonight. Was there anything at all surprising about it to you? Not one bit. They're not on my level. You've got to have size, reach, length. You've got to have some attributes. If you come in any way equal to me, I'm going to rip your whole head off. And that's it. I tell it every time. Eddie's a solid competitor. Eddie's a warrior, but he, he shouldn't have been in here with me, and that's just, that's just the truth of it. Connor, this is a, obviously a massive, massive accomplishment, but at this stage of your career, what challenges you now? Now that you are a two-division champion, are your thoughts to try to defend both titles? Are your thoughts to stay at lightweight? What do you want to do? Listen, thanks everyone for coming out. I love everyone here, I swear to God, has traveled the world with me. There's a reason why we're at the top of the game. Because of me and because of you. And I appreciate every single one of you. Look, what's next for me, Joe? I'm going to get that second belt. Where the f*** is it? They should have had their two belts ready. Spit showing for me. They're f- both in the octagon. octagon. It's never been done before. I'm sure you'll get your second belt. But listen, I've spent a lot of time, Joe, slating everybody in the company. Backstage, I'm starting fights off everybody. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the he wants. Let me raise this. Well, joining me as always, the MMA guru, Justin Ferrier. Justin, Conor McGregor is the real deal, isn't he? I mean, that was something to behold. An incredible performance backed his banter pre-fight up. And I mean, he's just incredible, isn't he? Rewriting the history books. The first ever fighter now to hold two titles and two weight divisions at the same time. Yeah, he's a special athlete. He really outclassed Alvarez. It was, wasn't, it was a one-off race. Uh, he just, he, he did everything well. And like we said, I think Alvarez, part of it was Alvarez was caught up in the lights and caught up in the in, in the hype machine. Um, but but Connor backed it up with crisp boxing and beautiful combinations. Interesting, on uh, Instagram, Alvarez released a statement saying that he didn't do what they had been training for 10 weeks. And as you say, 
the hype, the big lights, it does that to a fighter. This is not something that's unusual, is it? Yeah, you either rise to the occasion or you crumble. And unfortunately, when, you, when you're when f- facing the, a megastar, um, more than likely you're going to crumble, especially when he's in, his, in, in the prime of his life. Yeah, it is a shame that, that, that Eddie Alvarez couldn't put up more of a fight, but at the same time, there's a reason why some guys are top dogs and Conor McGregor's a top dog, and who knows what's next? I mean, will we see a Nate Diaz trilogy? What do you think? What do you think's next for Conor McGregor? I'd like to see the trilogy. I, I like I like trilogies, and I, you know, especially because they're one in one. Um, I'd like to see I'd like to see the fight happen. I do think the UFC is going to do their best to delay, and they won't hide Connor, but they will delay the fight between him and Khabib because Khabib's an animal, and it's a bad matchup for Connor. I, I'm, I mean, I'm one of Connor's biggest fans, as everybody knows, but that Nurmagomedov is a different animal. <laughs> I've got a stat for you here, and I know you love your stats, Justin. Uh, Nurmagomedov. He's the seventh fighter in UFC history to win their first eight UFC fights. It was his 24th consecutive win as a professional MMA fighter. And how's this? During his fight, where he was just incredible, 88 significant ground strikes landed. They were the third most ever landed in a single UFC fight. And I mean, this guy is grumpy, isn't he? He's rather upset that he hasn't had a shot at Connor yet. So, could this guy be the, the, the animal, as you say, that upsets the Connor machine? Possibly, could be. I, I, I think so, but I think they're going to give him to Ferguson first. Um, they get, like I said, they're going to delay the inevitable. He has come off a, lay, a layoff, so there is grounds for saying for what win one more. But I do think that that's the fight that everybody wants to see. The UFC have come out and said they want to go after the Russian market, so he'll be their trump card for sure. I can't wait to see that one. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? Another interesting stat from UFC 205 at, at, at MSG. Joanna John Jacek, she's earned her fourth consecutive uh, title, a successful title defense. I mean, it's the second most in the history of the UFC, and she just proved why she's got that strap and why it's probably not going anywhere for a long time. Yeah, another special, special athlete. Uh, Corkwood did well. She 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 tested she tested Joanna, but again, Joanna just rose to the occasion, was able to do and finish. Yeah, very interesting. So Jan Jacek gets the best of the all Polish affair at UFC two hundred five. Now a very contentious issue, I suppose, and one that a lot of people are talking about. What was of course the Woodley Thompson fight? It ended in a draw, and Woodley keeping the belt. Can you just explain? To fans who are new to the fight game, new to MMA, what exactly happened then? Why the belt stays with the champion? Okay, so my personal opinion of the fight is that Woodley won the fight. So I don't see it as a draw. However, to, my opinion, my opinion doesn't matter. Have to agree with you though. I, I do think after watching the fight, I think Woodley should have uh, been given the W. So in, in a championship, in a championship bout, if there happens to be a draw, the champion retains the belt that's where the saying you've got to beat the champion to become the champion comes from so let's play devil's advocate and say that it was a draw which was a majority draw which i'll explain just now 
The champion is given the benefit of the doubt and uh-huh. retains his belt. Okay. The majority draw decision is when two out of three call it the draw. So they're giving both fighters the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure. So out of that comes, out of that comes the draw because two out of three, even though the one was scored to Woodley, that doesn't matter. The majority of the judges scored it a draw, and that's what it stays at. Interesting enough, jumping to to EFC, and we'll come back to UFC. If if Pena and Syed are drawn, yeah, Syed would be Syed is the interim champion. Pena is the undisputed champion. Sure. In that scenario, Pena would have retained the belt, and Syed would have lost the belt. I see. I see. Interesting. Very interesting. Now let's let's touch on 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 further breaking down that fight, Justin Woodley. He knew how dangerous Thompson would be with those kicks, and they come from all angles, and they're devastating. But he did his homework, and he negated that by closing the distance, didn't he? He did. He didn't allow. He, he didn't allow Wonderboy to fire off. Um, he, he he didn't get it. Didn't allow him to develop a, a rhythm, and also that guillotine. How Thompson survived that, no one knows. But he did, and he did well. Um, but he, Woodley didn't allow. Uh, didn't allow the rhythm to set in and didn't allow Thompson to fire off. And that's, and that's what champions do. Yeah. Champions find a way to win. Uh, Woodley, Woodley's coach is Duke Rufus, who was also an IFA kickboxing world champion, the same as what Thompson was. So this is obviously familiar territory for them, and they train specifically for it. Yeah. Thompson got put on his back and got manhandled by Woodley by a bigger, stronger, better wrestler. Yeah. And he knew that he didn't want to start firing off kicks because of the risk of that. That's true. All right. So that uh, were, they, those were the title fights. Uh, quickly, let's wrap up UFC 205 with Misha Tate, Raquel Pennington. And, and, and Pennington, which I didn't know, she's on a bit of a fight tear at the moment. And, and many wouldn't have expected her to beat Misha Tate, but she did. And, and hence... Misha Tate has retired. It's quite a bizarre sort of scenario, isn't it? Yeah, I was uh, actually when when we watched the fight, we did a breakfast um, viewing, and I'd invited Dave Mazzani, the, the light, EFC lightweight champion, and his sister Gina, who was his cornerman, cornerwoman. Yeah, yeah. Um, to have breakfast, <laughs> and they they are they, they are close to Misha. They train in the same gym, and I said retirement because when it happened, and they were like, we know nothing about it. Um, so obviously it was a spur of the moment thing. She did get beaten quite badly. Uh, whatever's going on in her life, I mean, it's maybe she just had a bad fight and she just on the on the spur of the moment decided, well, I can't keep up with these kids anymore and just just quit. Yeah, it's interesting. Whether she'll, whether she'll stay retired, who knows? Yeah, I think that was my next question to you: is there could be the lure of another sort of shot, another attempt at, at getting back. Maybe she needs some time off just to clear her mind. And from, from what I'm reading and from what her trainer's been saying, she didn't even try in, in the octagon, but that's for another day. Let's watch the space because she is a talent. She's been the champion before and it would be a pity to see her bow out in this fashion. I think she needs to be back in the mix. Let's turn our attention now, EFC 55. And let's start with, with the, the, the title fight. I mean, the bantamweight title, at the end of the day, decided by the judges' scorecard. What did you make of Demart Penner's victory? I know there was a lot of heat on social media saying, how can they have scored it that way and why and that. Your take on the fight against uh, Ishad Sayed? Take nothing away from both fighters. 
I did. I didn't judge the fight, so I watched it. So it's very difficult when you when you watch something as a fan and when you watch it as a judge. I've almost got two different thinking caps. I'm enjoying myself. I'm passively judging all the time. I'm always watching because I'm excited for it. But you're distracted by friends and high fives and shouts, etc. Like it. Whereas when I'm a judge, all of that zones out. Yeah, my ears get blocked, and I'm watching that. But watching it passively and watching it again, I do feel that uh, Pina won that. Three rounds to two. I think they were generous on the scorecards, but the right person did win. How how well do do takedowns count? Because it seemed to be that at one point we couldn't really tell who was in front, who'd won the rounds, especially for the first three. It was a close, close contest. But DeMott landed two successful takedowns. How big do those normally score? And and answer that with your judge's hat on for me. Okay. So so back in the day everybody had the, the wrong perception that a that that a takedown and people still think that a takedown wins the round. It's not. It can contribute to winning the round, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the deciding factor. It can be the deciding factor if it's equal. They've thrown a hundred significant strikes each, and there is a takedown, which means you've done more work than the other person. It's also what you do with the takedown. So if you get on top of a guy and you're smashing him for three minutes, that means you've won the round, because. But it's not necessarily because of the of the takedown. It's the control factor. If I shoot on you and I take you down and you get back up, does the takedown really work? It's what I do with it is more important. Sure, sure. Well, the judges certainly liked it at uh, EFC 55 with DeMarc Penner uh, making yet another successful defense of his title. 12-0 and 0 now. Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. Is DeMarc Penner good enough for the UFC? Because surely now he's accomplished everything he can on the African continent. I mean, I'm just going to, before I, before I, I, I say my, my piece on that, I just want to go back to the takedown thing. Sure. DeMart Penner, we've got the we, we've got the luxury of hindsight. So we'll sit back, we'll watch it, we'll pause, we'll watch it again, we'll start from the beginning. Of course. He was able to adapt. He, he pressed for the takedown early, Syed didn't want to be taken down, sprawled hard, got away from him and did well. Yeah. Now, in a split second, in between rounds, DeMart was able to say to himself, right, the takedown is going to take too much energy. Let me rather stand with this guy. So he was able to adapt and have... Now, what I mean by that was it was monotone. His, his expression didn't change when he got punched, when he got kicked, when he was kicking, when he was taking down his... He, was, he, he fought the perfect fight. All business. He was, he was the same as when you've been traveling for two weeks and you get home and you have that perfect shower you get home and you get into the shower <laughs> and it's not too hot and it's not too cold it's just right I know that's exactly what DeMarc Pena does and jumping forward if he doesn't get into the UFC with this performance yeah. then he never will because that was sublime it was perfect yeah. he, he didn't get the takedown so he stood and tried world class this, this performance on all levels was world class yeah I Cardio agree was on point technique was on point it, it, there was, I mean, you've got, you've got people, and he shrugged, he shrugged the, the, the name of having, of being boring, because yep. it was exciting, people were on their seats, they were shouting, it was back and forth, here we go, we've got traditionally a wrestler, and I put it in inverted commas, yeah. landing head kicks on a, on a great striker. Yeah, it was great to watch, it was great so to if watch. he doesn't get into the UFC, then well, it's not meant to be. 
Well, let's hope that Demart Pennant does get that uh, shot because I'm sure he'll do very well. And uh, it was great to see. Hats off to his camp. The guys at Fight for Militia prepared him perfectly. And yep, there's a reason why he is still the man with the belt around his waist. Now, fight of the night, though, didn't go to Penner and say it did it. It was Mazzani and Leon Maynard who put on quite a show. And Mazzani shows when you've got world-class preparations and... No disrespect to, to Leon Maynard. He took the fight on short notice. And at one point, I thought he had done enough to beat Mazzani. But end of the day, the class of the American prevailed. Yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, David Davis, uh, he's very good at wrestling. Um, and he showed some good striking as well. Dave commented afterwards that he was happy that he was able to get a good fight. You know, he, said he, got, he says he got lucky by choking him out early the last time and he was happy that he was able to actually prove his worth and get a good fight out of Leon the problem the scenario that that, 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 that we come across here is that Leon's taking too much damage you know you, you can only say he's so tough it's so amazing that he's so tough for so long it's not nice to see somebody so badly beaten you know at no point are you safe when you fight Leon Maynard because he could fire off a kick yeah. or a punch and put you to sleep exactly but his style of fighting, he is prepared to take four shots to give one. And accumulative knocks on your head and on your body are no good over time. Yeah, they take their toll. Absolutely, look at Robbie Lawler. Yeah, yeah. You eventually become punchy. Dan Anderson, punchy. These people are, are, there's almost like a split second delay when you speak. Not that Leon's like that yet, but I'm yeah. just saying, it's because of these knocks on the head. And also... There's so much scar tissue on Leon's face. He's a bleeder, we know, and yeah. people bleed, and that's not necessarily a reflection of being beaten up too badly, but those are hard strikes. He's tough as nails, and we've seen it time and time again, too tough for their own good. Yeah, and, and Because unfor- they're never going to give up. Leon will never, ever not accept a fight. Exactly. He's completely fearless. And that's what makes him the iron line to a certain extent. Is he's, he's absolutely fearless. He's as tough as nails, and he will never shy away from a, a contest, but... Unfortunately, by taking this contest, it's ruled him out of his next fight because of the lacerations that he suffered. So, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? I reckon he would have put Eddie Thomas away. I also think so. (laughs) I also think so. By no means is Leon Maynard's career over. No, of course not. But, as you well put out, the mileage is getting high. And maybe there needs to be like a rest period for, for this guy. You know, maybe he needs to sit back. And, and I know it's difficult because a lot of these guys, it's their payday. It's their income. But well, so- you look at a guy like, you look, you look at a guy like uh, Martin van Staden, who is way better than his record tells you. Without he's a doubt. But he's since back in the day and he should have had titles. He's a pioneer. He is. But he took fights that he shouldn't have taken. Yeah. Because he was, A, so passionate he just wanted to fight. That's what he's built for and that's what he's born for yeah but also it's a payday you know this yeah. is this guy's job he also wants to have a nice christmas and have a nice car and a nice house etc of course so and then he's just been unlucky there's a there's a, that aspect as well where his opponents have been injured so he's fought people on short notice as well and lost they yeah. lost fights he wouldn't normally lose yeah you're right i i feel it would have been a little bit different i do feel that mazani's got leon's number but i don't I think it would probably would have fought to a decision if Leon had been given the correct amount of preparation time and maybe not taken so much damage. Yeah. All right. Well, Justin, we're coming to the end of MMA Uncaged this week. In terms of the bets, um, I know you have a few few friends who are very happy with the way some of the fights went, but 
Unfortunately, Misha Tate didn't come through for, for the betters, for the punters on the UFC bet. Yeah, Misha Tate, very surprising that she that she lost. She just didn't show up on fight day. She just wasn't in it, that early guillotine, and she just didn't recover. And, and a couple of bops on the nose, and she was done. I know you were spot on, though, with your EFC predictions. Uh, I know Cameron Pritchard, uh, Wesley Hawkey, uh, Neil Duplessis, all impressed. Ruan Potts came through. So for the punters, definitely a good night if they followed your predictions for EFC. Yeah, let's hope. I've got another little one for this weekend. Go on, then. Um, there's a UFC Belfast. Uh, Musasi's having a rematch with Uriah Hall. I reckon he's going to win. Uh, Danny Henry's friend and coach Stevie Ray is fighting. Yeah. Magnus Seddenblood, who beat Gareth. That's right, yeah. So if you take the treble of Musasi, Stephen Ray, and Seddenblood, you'll get two and a half to one. However, have a cover bet. <laughs> Go for it. Come on, tell have us. A, have, have a cover bet yeah. with Seddenblood into Musasi. Okay. Just, 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 just to, just to have it. I'm not hugely confident on this card, but yeah. if you want to have a double, have a double. But I, I would cover up with those with with the safer of the two. All right, just very quickly repeat those bets so that uh, in case you missed it, let's have it. Okay, Masai, even Ray, uh, Magnus Seddenblood should give you about two and a half to one. Yeah. Okay, the backup bet which should give you about five to ten is Magnus Seddenblood and. All right, well, there you have it, Justin Ferrier. Thanks very much for your time. This has been MMA Uncaged. Remember to catch us on cs2plusc.co.za. That's the Ginger's Perspective. It's also on cliffcentral.com. Look for the Ginger's Perspective, and we'll catch you again next time. Justin, thanks for your time.